Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Whoever said sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me is a moron. Or he's never been engaged in a war of words. Words can do more damage than a punch in your face. They can. Words can more, do more damage than a stab in the back with a knife. Words. Just simple compilation of letters and syllables and consonants and vowels and all these put together create ideas and thoughts. Words. Words. How many know words can hurt? But words can heal. Words can hurt and words can heal. Words can encourage and words can discourage. Words can inflict pain and inspire purpose. Words. Words can, can, can provide comfort and bring chaos. They can bring support or they can bring slavery. Words. Words are about, uh, can be used for blessings or destruction. A scalpel in the hands of a skilled surgeon can bring healing. The same knife in the hands of a serial killer is deadly. Amen. A good nurse, and we've got some good nurses in our church, thank the Lord, can use a syringe to inject healing. But a drug dealer uses the same syringe to cause death. Word. Amen. It was the word that created this universe. All things were created by the word of God. It was the word that created everything from the beginning to the end of the days of creation. But somewhere along the way, when it came to human beings, God created language. God, can you imagine Adam and Eve being able to converse right off the bat? So within them, God created language, words, words. The war, the war over words started when Satan fell because he said, I'm going to do that. He said, this is what I'm going to do. And when Satan fell, he then landed in the garden and he spoke through a snake words, <laughs> words. Adam and Eve lived in a paradise and they had everything that they needed. They had all that they had with no restrictions save one. Save one that the Lord said, Amen. He commanded, uh, uh, and the Lord God commanded the woman or the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. Life in the garden was going just fine 
until the wrong words were spoken. A smooth talking serpent suddenly wrapped up in a snake began to sway Eve with his words. Amen. The enemy appealed to Eve's fleshly craving with words of knowledge. It is amazing how just a few misleading words can bring serious error and wrong and harm. Just one subtle question from a hissing snake changed the course of an entire human race. Genesis chapter 3, verse 2. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said. Did, did God's word say this? Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree is, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Look at that last line. Neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. God never said that. God said, don't eat it. So Eve added words to God's commandment and created a whole different context. Words. Verse 5 says, for God doth know in the day uh, ye shall surely die. The serpent said, rather, verse 4, the serpent said to the woman, ye shall not surely die. That's a word, isn't it? That's a clashing of a sword that he's pulling out and using. You shall not surely die. For God doth know in the day that ye eat thereof that your eyes shall be open and ye shall be as gods knowing good and evil. The enemy didn't show up with guns blazing. The enemy didn't show up with neon signs. I'm out to get you. The enemy didn't show up with a, 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 a physical sword, but he ended up, he showed up with words that are swords. The deceiver said to the woman, did God actually say that? Did God actually say that? Well, that's not what he meant. He meant Satan used words to question God's motives, to question God's provision. He used words to open up the door for deception to walk in and doubt to come rushing in. Amen. For deception then says, well, maybe God is holding something back on me. Perhaps he's keeping me from some information that I should have. There's no harm in just checking out the tree of knowledge of good and evil is there. And so the battle line in the garden was drawn over words, words. The war today is still over words. Words matter. Words matter. Not just what comes out of your mouth, but what is posted on your Facebook page. Words matter. Amen. The writer in Proverbs said in 18 and 21, you know this verse, Proverbs 18 and 21, that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life are in the power of the words that come out of our mouth. That come out of our mouth. Truth then is captured and communicated by words. Life is communicated by words. Truth is communicated by words, but so are lies. Amen. Faith is contained and manifested in the words that we speak. 
but so is fear. Love is expressed by words and flowers. I just threw that in. Love is expressed by words, but so is hate expressed by words. Amen. Words in Scripture are powerful to us today because we understand that His Word is life. His Word is the bread of life. His Word is what we live by. His Word is what uh, uh, sustained us. Uh, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And in Scripture, His Word is likened unto a sword. Hebrews 4 and 12, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the dividing of sunder, the soul of the spirit, and the joints and the marrow, and is discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. His word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen. This is the sword of God. The word of God is this, is the sword by which we live. These are words, aren't they? Right here. These are words all compiled in Scripture. And it is over words that Satan is trying to attack. It's over redefining words and redefining sin and recalculating what, the, what life is truly about. And so the Lord says in Ephesians 6 and 14 through the writer Paul, he said, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of of God. The majority of the armor is designed for protection. It is designed for defense. Amen. But the main offensive weapon is this right here. This is the, the sword of the Spirit. This is the Word of God. Take unto you means to take up to use. Take it up and use it. Use the Word of God. Amen. What is coming out of our mouth matters. What we are saying is a warfare with the enemy right now. The phrases, amen, that comes out of our mouth has a sense of permanency. Don't put death where God puts life. Don't put curse where God puts blessing. Take the sword. Keep it. Make it your own. Amen. The word says that we must take the sword before we can take possession of enemy territory. We better take the sword. Before we can overcome habits, we got to take the sword. Before we can defeat the enemy, we need to take the sword. Notice it is the sword of the spirit, not my sword, not your sword. It's the sword of the spirit. It's not the sword of the church. It's not the sword of the ALJC. It's not the sword of good works. It's not the sword of my holiness. It's not the sword of good preaching. It is not the sword of going to church. It's not the sword of, of being a good singer. Amen. But it is a sword 
of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Do you love the Word of God today? This is how we are going to overcome in 2020. We are going to overcome by the Word of the Lord and by the power of His Spirit. I've taught you this part before, but I teach it again to us. The lesson is clear. This is what we win with right here. The word of the Lord. In scripture, there are three Greek words that talk about what is the word of God. There's the logos, rhema, and graphe are Greek words that are defined in scripture in the New Testament as the word of God. The, fir the first one, graphe, it, it speaks of things that are written, the scriptures, we would say the literal, physical book is graphe. What you hold in your hand, what you read, is graphe. The aren't you glad for this? Amen. I am so glad that this book, amen, it, 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 it has survived every test and it will sustain every current test because there is such an attack on the word. If you were there to hear Pastor Whitley talk about the attack on the word of God, amen, it is startling what people are doing to try to denounce the word, amen. They are now saying, I don't need the Bible, I need, I need to follow Jesus only and his voice only. Pray, tell me how you're gonna know who Jesus is if you don't have the word. It's the word that is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. It is the word that gives us strength. Second yes. Timothy 3.16, you know this verse. All scripture. Somebody say all scripture. All scripture. Amen. They say get rid of the Old Testament. Well, Jesus is the one that quoted the Old Testament and used the Old Testament to bring to light what was happening in the New Testament. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for the instruction in righteousness. Praise be to God. This actual book, Graphe, amen, we will find that, 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 that what you have in, in, in print and in ink means nothing unless it is divinely inspired by God. So what is Paul talking about here when he talks about Scripture? He's talking about logos. Everybody say logos. Logos is the expression or thought. Amen. As invited in a concept or idea. God had a thought and God had an idea. And God said, that's my word, my word logos. And that word became flesh and Jesus was manifested, God in flesh. But then he used his word to now become him being manifested through this written word. Because in these word, I find out who God is. In this word, I find out who I am. In this word, I find out who the church is. In this word, I find the difference between what is true and what is false. In this word, it contains the very thought of God. It is the word of God. Do you love this book? Do you love the Logos in the, that I can know what God has for me? When we say Logos, we're talking about the message of the book. Logos. Graphe, the physical book. 
logos, the intent and thought and message of the book. But then there is another word, that is the word rhema, rhema. And this word is found in the text of Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 17 when it says, take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That is not Rafe, Rafe the, the, the physical book or, or Logos, but rather it is Rhema. And it is the word of God that is the spoken word of God. Rhema refers to a specific word needed for a specific time. It is a word that is needing for a situation. Whether you need healing, there's a word for it. Whether you need deliverance, there is a rhema word for that. If you need victory, there is a rhema word for that. Amen. Logos is a message, but rhema is the specific declaration that has been revealed to you from the Logos. God has it in his word, but when I put it inside of me, when I put his logos, his thought, his intent, oh, praise be to God, my help is here. When I put his word in my heart, it becomes a living word to me. And so therefore I speak what this speaks, but I speak it in order to clash swords with Satan. I'm clashing swords with the doctor's uh, 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 diagnosis. I'm clashing swords with what is happening in my family that is adverse and, and the enemy is trying to bring destruction. Amen. Somebody know this today. You have a rhema word that is nigh you, even in your mouth. Hallelujah be to God. Defeating the enemy requires more than having a Bible. It even requires more than having an understanding of the Bible. It requires having a word, a sword word inside of you. Hallelujah. Using the sword of the Spirit occurs when we employed a revealed word for a right moment. Anybody ever have one of those? Where you had a revealed word. Maybe you didn't even know it was inside of you. But you were stepped up to a battle. And it begins to come out of your mouth. A word for that particular situation. That's what God wants in us. That's the sword that we ought to clash with the enemy. Jesus used specific scripture to inflict certain punishment. On Satan, when he said, it is written. It is written. He used the word to show the Pharisees where they were. He used the word to show his plan. Amen. Many are not getting the victory in their life because they have not yet taken on the sword of the spirit and moved from the word be something on their coffee table or something that they hear at church, or something that they hear just preached somewhere. But when it becomes alive to you, that's when you reach into your sheath and you pull out 
a sword clashing, devil chasing, spirit conquering, victorious word. If you're willing to let this become into here, then you can pull out the spirit, the anointed, and the word of God. The spirit, the anointing, and the word of God. You can quote it and know it, but when the Holy Ghost comes on it, it becomes a rhema word. When we speak the revealed word by faith, we are raising the sword in victory. Amen. Look at John 8 and 47. John 8 and 47, Jesus said, He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not because you're not of God. He was speaking to those people that could not go from hearing the word to having an entering into them and obeying it. James writes that we are to not just be a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. We are to be a doer of the word. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 18 and 19, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall not hearken unto my words, which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of them. It's time that we hear the word. Samuel lived in an era where he learned the value of the word of God. For in 1 Samuel 3 and 19, Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and did not, did not, and did let none of his words fall to the ground. I can't afford to let one message. Amen. What you heard over the weekend by our, our guest, don't let one word fall to the ground. Well, it may not be what I thought, but just hold on to it anyway because there's going to come a time you might need a word from old Uncle Keith or Kev or whatever that was. You're going to need a word. You're going to need a word. Let's not let them fall. Let's not let the word fall. Let's pick it up and hold on to it. That just might be a sword for tomorrow. I believe that when the word goes forth from a pulpit or from a table or from whatever means that the preached word of God goes forward, there is a rhema word that can be spoken to us. In Acts chapter 11 and verse 13, and he showed us how he had seen an angel in his house which stood and said unto him, send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who shall let who shall tell thee what? Shall tell thee whereby thou and thy house shall be saved. And as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them and on us as at the beginning. Then remembered I the word of the Lord, how that he said, John indeed baptize you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Revival came by word. Redemption came by word. Holy Ghost baptism came by word. We ought to make sure that we're not just Jesus only. We need to make sure that we are word only. We are word only. Praise be to God. Amen. Go to Romans chapter 10 and verse 8. I've used this recently. Let me use it again. Romans 10, 8. But what saith? The word is nigh thee, even in your mouth 
and in your heart. Somebody say rhema word. Sword word. Word is nigh thee even in your mouth. It is the word of faith which we preach. Words. God help us to use our words. You know, they, I'm, I'm going to deviate real quickly here, and I'm going to get back on track. Y'all just hang with me, okay? If my memory serves me right, an average lady has a daily word uh, vocabulary of 24,000 words a day. Average lady. Average man, it's about 12 to 14,000. If you don't believe me that women are more adept at words, just get in a conversation with them. Just watch a little child. Watch a boy and a girl play together. You know what boys do? You know what girls do? Don't, yes, no, please, move, my toy. They use words. They learn very young. I have no clue where I was going with that. I guess the moral of the story is that if you get in an argument with a lady, you better come with a Thorosaurus. <laughs> but your word, the word of God is to be in your mouth, to speak it, to declare it. What is the word of God? What is the word of faith? It's the revealed word of God. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When we have the word of God that comes into our heart and we believe it, look out, Satan. I'm overcoming in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The psalmist put it like this in 119th Psalm, verses 41 through 43. Let, the, let thy mercies come also unto me, O Lord, even thy salvation according to thy word. Let it come unto me according to thy word. So shall I have wherewith to answer him that reproacheth me, for I trust in thy word. Satan, you come and try to tell me a lie with words, playing in broken record in my head. I'm counteracting it with the word that I trust. Verse 43, and take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth. For I have hoped in thy judgment. Lord, let truth stay in my mouth. There's such a deviation from truth in its words today that is being used to try to destroy truth. Lord, let truth stay in my mouth and in my heart. Because that's where the swords begin to clash. They begin to clash. Do you know what is happening in our world today when you see all this cultural issues and all this stuff that is going on from perversion to whatever, it's a clashing of swords. It's about words. It's about who's going to say what and how, how it is being said. It's very important to understand that you are in a battle of words. So know the word, get the word in you, so when the swords begin to come out, you have not just a sword, but you have a two-edged sword. And it's so sharp, it can separate the spirit and the soul. 
The devil is a sly enemy and he will use words to engage us and to deceive us. But let us pull out the word of God and say, this is what I trust. And he'll run from the word of God. I said, Satan will run from the word of God. All right. I want to tell you how this ends. I want to tell you how the battle and the clash and the war of words end. Anybody like it? Like, okay, this, what do they call it when you tell something about a story? Huh? Spoiler alert. Okay, spoiler, I've got a spoiler alert for you. Are you ready for this? Anybody ready? You want to know how it ends? All right, we're going to Revelation because that's, that's where it ends. Revelation 19, 11. John writes, I saw heaven open and behold a white horse and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. Can you call him right now? Faithful and true. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. I thought he's only a loving God. For God so loved the world that... Yes. But he's also a God that is one day going to be coming as judge and to make war. And this is the depiction of which, which John sees in this vision. His eyes were as a flame of fire. How many know he can pierce right through you? His eyes are a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called. His name is called. Oh, y'all ready to win? All right. Verse 14, and the armies which are in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goes what? Out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he would do what? Smite the nations and he shall rule them with a rod of iron and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of the almighty God. There's coming a day where the last word is going to be said and he's going to have the last word. God has such long suffering and he will, he will strive with men, but there's coming a day when he says enough. Do you believe that we're any better off than Sodom today? No, I think we're probably worse. Verse 16, and he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. So he's coming. His name is called, his name is called the word of God. And his name is written as the King of kings and Lord of lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, come and gather yourself because it's dinner time. It's supper time, and our God is calling if you want something to eat, that ye may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and of them that sit on them and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. These are the ones that have been in war with words against God. And I saw the beast 
And the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that set upon, set on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken, and with the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with him with, with which he deceived them that he might receive the, that they might receive the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone, and the remnant were slain with the with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceed out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. Amen. Let, let's not get into the simply just, okay, all the goriness of all that is happening here, but understand this. There's coming a day when he's saying this will be the last battle. And everyone that has lifted up their voice against the, the word of God and has denounced the word of God and shaken their fist at the word of God and abused the word of God and are instruments of Satan. Can I tell you today, there are many things that are coming out that are instruments of Satan. A lot of what spews out of Hollywood is nothing more than an instrument of Satan to depict how things should be. Are you, are you or are you not concerned about every time you look at a commercial, they are using something that they, they have to show, uh, something that is anti-Christ, anti-God, and that's words. They're using that words. Oh, it's acceptable. Everything's fine. Everything is okay. I'm going to step over here out of my message just for a minute. I want to talk to you about something. There's a great debate right now among church folk that says, should you go to a wedding of somebody who's getting married, that is either the same sex or trans or one of the um, Babylon alphabet soup? Should you go? Let me just stop and tell you what you go to, when you go to a wedding what that means when you go to a wedding and you search out the culture and the history of weddings the guests are there to affirm support and say I'll be here for you to save your marriage okay if you can go and say I'm going to affirm this marriage I'm here to support the marriage not the people the marriage Amen. It's one way that you can love the people, but somewhere you have to take a stand and say, I cannot support that by showing up, but what I can do is let you know unequivocally, I love you, I care for you, but I have convictions. I have some convictions. Amen. Can somebody say amen? Amen. I, I, I want you to understand that the, uh, the war that we are in today Matter of fact, that, that, that's not really over there. That's over here in this message. The war that we are fighting here today is over words and understanding of who God is. There's a reason why that the battle, if you will find the battle that there are people today that call themselves Christian, but they want nothing to do with Paul's epistle. Amen. They make the argument, well, aren't you, aren't you a follower of Christ? If you're... If you're a follower of Christ, then you don't have to be a follower of Paul. Well, 
Either Paul's writing is divinely inspired by God or it is not. And if it is, I don't have a choice but to accept it as being the divinely inspired word of God. And for thousands of years, it has been considered divinely inspired by God. So who am I to step in and now say it is no longer inspired? Let us speak truth, brothers and sisters. Speak it in love, but stand for it. Stand for it. And because the day's coming where we're going to have to stand for truth like never before. But the end is that the word of God is coming from glory. And it's going to be the word of God that will be the last word. It will be the last word. It doesn't matter what other people say. The clashing of swords is happening now. It is over the airways. It is everywhere. So let us be careful to speak the truth in love. We don't go attacking people because they are believing a false understanding. But we have to be willing to take a stand and say, oh God, I speak truth. I want to speak not my truth. Pastor Whitley said, when people say my truth, they're really saying my opinion. But there's one coming that one day is going to end it all. I want to be on that side, Bishop. I want to be on the, end, on the, on the side that says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Stand with me, please, church. The king is coming. And the war of words is coming to an end. I want to make sure that I understand while the swords are clashing and the kingdom of darkness is talking that I find the truth in God's word. The truth in God's word. The truth in God's word. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man and the ways thereof are the end, are, are, are end in death. It's the way of death. There's a way that I could think, well, man, my idea is really great. My idea is really super, okay? But does it match up with his idea? Can we come to the altar for just a few minutes, MPC? Hallelujah. Just come to remind you today that the war that is going on will one day be won by the Word of God. I want to follow the Word of God with all of my heart. Jesus, I praise you today. Hallelujah. Thy word, O Lord. Thy word, O Lord. Thy word, O Lord. Thy word, O Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's love him today. Let's love him today. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorchurch.com to learn more about our ministry.